We're going to do uh, a portion of the show on beards or just facial hair in general. So we'll get advice on both of our facial hair. Adam Hill is here, so uh, he'll be graded. Also, playoff beards a little later on. We got lots of A stuff to get into from the governmental side of things. We'll have in a former public servant, Justin Watkins, and a special guest who will fill us in on what's going to happen on the governmental side here if there really is a clock that is ticking right now. Ari's back in our Finley Toyota studios. Great job on the open there. Um, and by the way, Marty Cordova is going to come in later on. We're going to talk more about his charity golf tournament going down with the United Way and some baseball and some other big stories like the NFL draft. We'll have Adam's mock draft that he put in the RJ in about 30 minutes. So a big basketball story today is uh, your dubs. Your dubs against a depleted Kings team. Fine job by GSW in depleting Sacktown. They should roll from here, right? I hope. I'm nervous. Certainly, certainly not you know, a guarantee. Certainly not a sure thing. The Kings have been very good. I think that is the storyline while a lot of people have said, oh, look, Warriors are near their, you know, near the end of their run, which they kind of are in, in a lot of ways. But I think the bigger story has been that the Kings are really good. They're legit all year long. You know, teams fought late in the year to play the Kings. Oh, we want to play the Kings. I don't think people knew just how good this team was. And I think they've showed that. I think they're showing that they're a legit contender. But now, you know, with some injuries and, you know, some some attrition that has gone on, and that's what happens in the playoffs. They, uh, they're not the same team necessarily, but that doesn't mean it's over. It doesn't mean the Kings don't have, you know, a couple last runs in them, and we'll see how these last couple games go. I'm, I'm glad it's tonight. I'm going to get this out of the way. I wouldn't want to be focusing on this tomorrow. What Too much gonna... pressure on you while you're covering the draft. We got the, the draft going on. We got a lot of, a lot of important things. Got to go to the Knights game tomorrow too, but uh, yeah, mostly the draft. We, we need to get this in order tonight so we can get home with a chance to close things out. Well, if your Warriors are down 3-2, I didn't even look ahead. Next game is, ooh, that's rough. Friday. Friday. I don't love it. Friday. Oh, man. Friday and Sunday. You'll uh, you'll forego your weekly sleep day when you catch up on Sunday, although you might have something you're covering on Sunday for all we know. True. But that's some pressure tonight. Um, I'm going to say something, and I'm not. this is not a rip on the Warriors. But. You better not. Well, as I, I, this is not a dig. This is I'll, what you do in. I'll throw hands. This is what you do in playoff basketball. Your goon squad, uh, goon squad stepped up, and anyone on that team could be a goon. Anyone on any team could be a goon, and they played hard defense. And whatever they did, they cracked the index finger of De'Aaron Fox, and that's you know where the Kings run everything through. He's the best player. He's a guy who, you know who can go for forty on any given night. And frankly, the Warriors don't really have anyone who can stop him. But between Wiggins and Poole and then some more contact a couple minutes later with Kevon Looney, his fingers jacked up. I don't know if you watched any videos on him speaking about it. Um, I don't know how that's going to work. He's got – so the index finger, he's got a wrap on it. I mean, if I'm the Warriors, I'm whacking at it multiple times. Sure. And I don't know how you shoot like that. I think handling the ball, maybe you're okay. Maybe you could just go Bob Cousy style and dribble with one hand and only, um, only dribble with the right. But at some point, you got to be an offensive weapon, and I don't know how you can shoot with a jack-up index finger. Good luck, bro. Right? right? It's, the, it's the game. Got to deal with it. Uh, did you see not the, Did you see our, our friend Carmichael Dave put out a poll question of uh, if you're a Kings fan, would you if you, could, if you could actually do this, would you cut off the tip of your finger for a transplant and allow 
De'Aaron Fox to have it. If it could work where he wouldn't have pain, he That's could play through question. it. Would you allow? Would you allow that right now and just live the rest of your life without the tip of Is your it finger? A simple yes, no. Yeah. Would I give up my index finger for my basketball hero if it could miraculously like regenerate and have him hundred percent by tonight? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Kings fans don't win. No, they just have not won as an organization. If you told me, would I give up my finger? Somebody on my dubs, sure. Uh, no, would I give up my finger knowing that he's going to use it and go on and win a title? Yeah. Yeah. But you could do this. Yeah. And they could still lose. They could lose. <laughs> and then you're, the rest of your life, you're looking down your hand like, oh, man, what, why did I do that? Yep. You, you would have to guarantee me that they're going to win. Was it a yes, no poll? I believe it was, yeah. Okay. And I didn't look at the results. I mean, I would guess... 50-50? It was easy to say it on Twitter. It is easy to say. I bet you like most people said it, yes, on Twitter. Well, think about your when index the, when, the, when the knife's actually there, oh, yeah. you'd be freaking out a they little bit. They put you out. No, but still, as they're putting this you out. some like mob No, 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 no. But I'm saying, like the, they put you out, but as they're, okay, as they're about to put you out. The basement of the dunes as they saw off your finger. Well, you or just snip, snip it off with a clipper. As they're putting you under, I'm sure you see the knife, and you're like, no, 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 stop, 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 stop. Do they use a knife or they have like a little slicer? I don't think this is a real surgery that exists. Um, are you a normal typist or are you a finger typist? Like this. What is that? Do you use, that use all, use all like eight fingers? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't. What do you do? I do pack? index. Yep. I pack. Oh, and I took typing class and it's I, also think the it was, index. I think it was in high school. That's why, that's why I'm saying it's, it's all the index. <laughs> like every once in a while, you, maybe you stretch out the pinky. That's, that's a rough. I already have enough trouble. If I have to go from keyboard to keyboard on different computers, I'm like, eh, on the second, I have nothing. Can we sign you up for Struggle. a typing class? I don't think it, I think it's too like this is the result of going to school before computers were a thing. No, they had we actually had typewriters. I should be unbelievable at it when it was like, <laughs> like you had to like you had a freaking press on those things. I think it was even before typewriters. Yeah. That was in college. You had typewriters finally. So my answer would be no. So back in the day, if you'd asked me this about like Buck Williams, sorry, Buck. But, you know, I also knew they had no shot at winning a title in the mid and early 80s. Derek Coleman, actually, for uh, for either Dwayne Shinsis or Drazen Petrovic, rest in peace. Maybe. I mean, not to get. I can't. Here's, not to know, get morbid. You know, but would you know you be I'm, even more frustrated if he if he if he gave somebody a finger and then they died. Well, I mean, how grateful? How, oh, they what? Oh, they passed away in a car accident. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um. How about if you gave it to Derek Coleman and he was like, "Eh, hey, whatever." <laughs> like, well, whatever. I gave you my index finger. Or he's like, "I'm not going to use it. I'm going to wait. I'm just going to sit out." I mean that would be frustrating. <laughs> this is they, by the way, this is a great question. It's fantastic. What if you're that's why I brought what if you're a Clippers fan and and they tell you they're like, okay, give us several of your knee tendons. You'll you'll have an arthritic knee and you will not be able to walk like very well. But we're going to give them to Kawhi Leonard and he's good to go. And then he just load manners for the next five years with your. You're, you're relatively fresh. Like my age, there's no sense in getting anything for my knees. But like if you were 20 something, and then like every game, you're like, he's not playing again. And you're, you're, you're limping over the TV. Well, you, even worse, like you go to a game and you limp down there, like, hey, how's my knee, man? This sucks. You get out there, you take advantage of this. A little tired tonight. My shoulder hurts. Like I have to give up every body yeah, part. I guess for I can play. my shoulder too. That's a mess. It's a total mess. All right, mock drafts are a total match right now. We yeah. talked about PFT coming out with their mock draft. We refuse to mine. we refuse to actually reveal it because Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk hadn't read it yet. 
And when we read it, we came back after a break. We gave out what the top 15 looked like. Uh, one, I liked it. Tyree Williams slipped all the way to the Jets at 15. Uh, two, there were five quarterbacks who went in the top 11. Oof. Woo! Oof. Well, I just saw. And the Raiders uh, didn't get one of them. Wow. Raiders got Christian Gonzalez. Five quarterbacks in the top 11. I, I glanced at your mock draft. I know you did not do that. No, not five. Four. Oh, God. Oh, brutal. But I also did see somebody did one live on YouTube this morning that I was watching, and they had, they had Tyree Wilson falling all the way to 26. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and go, I will not. I think that's, about, by the way, I think that's right. About, I can't name a player in the draft where I'm like, oh, definitely going top 10. I mean, I think Bryce Young. Bryce Young. But, I mean, I, I think because someone else would scoop him up as a second quarterback. If if the if the Panthers went, you know, a little rogue, although the Levis odds have gone way up, but if they went a little rogue and took Richardson or Levis or surprised everyone, uh, you're kind of going back to the other alternate choice for number one and took Stroud, Bryce Young would be scooped up in the top five. But beyond, well, beyond the, Bryce the Texans Young. The love Bryce Young. So te- Bryce Young would go second. Oh, you think he would? Okay. Yeah. So, uh-huh. so Bryce Young guaranteed one or two. Beyond that, I – Bijan Robinson could he could slip forever. Will, I have no idea. Will Anderson also. Will yeah. Anderson is a guarantee. You want, if you want to, I'll say he guaranteed top five. Okay. All right. So your mock draft. What was your big conclusion? You stuck uh, with? Did you stick with Weatherspoon still? You yep. still have him going to the Raiders? Yep. I mean, now you're just kind of rooting for your original mock draft. Well, I'm a. Did you watch draft day? Did we talk about this? I'm a. I I watched it, but I don't remember like you do. Well. Like the one of the big things is, uh, you know, he puts a, a note in his pocket that says Vontae Mack, no matter what. And to remember, like, no matter what, all the chaos, no matter what changes, no matter what happens, we're taking Vontae Mack. Like, we want that guy. And it changes like 18 times throughout the day, but then he remembers, oh, yeah, that's what we want to do. Sorry for the spoiler for those that want to watch an incredible movie going into the draft. Uh, I, I, when I go to the Raiders facility tomorrow, I will have a note in my pocket that says Devin Witherspoon, no matter what. That's the guy. Okay. He's the guy. Has the Will Levis stuff calmed down a little bit? The odds haven't dropped that much. I mean, he was like 40 to 1. Well, there's too much money over the weekend, and he went all the way up to 4 to 1. Now it's dropped back to 6. Yeah, but there's too much money. They're not going to put it all the way back to like 30 or 40 and take that chance. Right. Like, there's already too much money in the pool. So uh, he's going to stay there, but he's not going to get picked, I don't think. You think the Reddit thing was absolute bullcrap? I do. Okay. By the way, that was the person's second ever post on Reddit. Ooh. Their other one was something about. Uh, like getting fired up about who should play like Batman in the next, <laughs> next movie or something. Seems legit. Yeah, I think it's a legit person. Uh, right now, the odds they're different everywhere. You got to shot the odds. Bryce Young minus two thousand. Will Levis six to one. Stroud twenty eight to one. Richardson forty to one. When we come back, let's go over more of your mock draft. We got to set you up for the night in the NBA. Lots of Vegas Golden Knights coming up as well on a Monday edition of Cofield and Company. Join Cofield and Company live every Thursday at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook. Weekly giveaways and awesome game day food and drink specials. Thursdays, 3 to 6 p.m. at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. That was NFL draft expert Daniel Jeremiah talking to Q Myers. Q is on the ground from Raider Nation Radio 920 in Kansas City. It's brought to you by Subaru of Las Vegas and... Our friends at Paul Padilla. Adam Hill, Cofield, 
Ari's back in the Finley Toyota Studios. It's ESPN Las Vegas. A day before the draft, he was talking about Jalen Carter. I was hoping, I don't pray, but rooting for Jalen Carter not to be a factor when the Raiders pick comes up. But it's probably going to happen. I don't mean that they're going to take him, but I think he's going to be available. And I think this nationwide kind of cleansing or ignoring Jalen Carter's driving incidents, just because people talk to him and I guess he seems believable that it was just a mistake. I don't know, man. I'm still not in on this one, but I think they're going to face the decision. I don't think they are. You don't? You think he's going to go right before? I do. Um, you had him going to what? The Seahawks? Uh, Detroit. Oh, to Detroit, the pick before. All right. Yeah. So, so again, he's the defensive tackle from Georgia. He's a behemoth. They've had such a good history recently of great defensive linemen. As Jeremiah said, you know, if he'd done everything right, he would definitely be guaranteed as a top five pick. But there's some ifs out there. And a lot of the organizations that a lot of the experts have talked to, they haven't quoted them, but they've talked to, said, yeah, we're comfortable with it, including the Raiders, which I don't love. Well, I think you just say that. It, who's comfortable with it is who picks him. Like, look, if there's no interview process, if there's nothing off the field, Jalen Carter's the number one pick. He's the most dominant player anybody's seen in college football. He's crushes everybody who's on the field. He's the number one pick. Now, the problem is so many people have focused on the accident and what happened there. He, obviously, the arrest warrant is issued during the combine. He has to go answer for it. It was a teammate and somebody else from the football program were killed in this accident that he was tangentially uh, a part of. We don't know exactly what role uh, he played necessarily in it. But like that is the focus that a lot of people have had. That's not the issue. That's one issue. Coaches from Georgia have reportedly told several NFL teams he's not coachable. He doesn't listen, doesn't like to practice. He just shows up and dominates on the field and then goes about his own business, does his own thing, doesn't care about the team, doesn't care about what the coaches say. He just does his own thing. And sounds like, sounds like a, a risk worth taking for, and his, for Ziggler and McDaniels. And he does it better than anyone else in the country. Right. So what if you actually get him focused? <laughs> what if he faces NFL-level talent and just gives up? Sure. I mean, all, all those things are possible. That's what everybody's weighing. But I, I want to be clear that it's not just the accident that people are weighing. I think in in regards to the Raiders, that's the biggest thing. Um, but he's just a guy who just you turn him loose and he dominates. And then who knows what else is happening the rest of the week. Uh, also, there's the pro day situation, which I think you can easily explain by you know, he shows up two weeks after the combine, out of shape, not ready to go, disappointing in his pro day. But he's going through a lot of stuff. Like, you get that. You understand why that could have happened. So you can explain that away if you want to. Um, but as a player, nobody's better than him. So that's the that's the dilemma that teams are facing and how they're going to have to make this decision going into the draft. There's just a lot of moving pieces when it comes to Jalen Carter. Would the Raiders take him? My personal belief still is, even if Ziggler and McDaniels are comfortable with him, which they very well could be, they say that on the record that they are, if they go to Mark Davis and say, we're taking him, I still feel in the end he would say no. Now, that's not coming from Mark Davis. That's just me knowing how passionate, how um, how affected he was by what happened with Henry Ruggs, by what he's still going with, how he's genuine. I, I'm, this is not a critique of anything. This is a praising Good. of the fact that he is a genuine, genuine person that I think would be very, very conflicted when he said, look, I don't make football decisions. They do. Right. But, man, this would be a tough decision for me. I think that's true. He lives, uh, he's still down in the strip area waiting for his house while he waits for his house in Henderson? 
wherever he's living. And then where does Ziggler and McDaniels live? They live down by the stadium? Yeah, by the okay. facility, not the stadium. Okay. Well, those of us those of us on the ground here in Vegas have to drive by, you know, the rainbow. Literally did it yesterday. Yeah. I do it probably four or five days a week. I don't live that far away from it. It was not after it was not long after I was kind of weighing the thought of where would Jalen Carter go and would the Raiders take him if he was available. And I drove down that road and I said, yep. man. So Rainbow and Spring Valley Parkway, right in that area, Rainbow and Trop. So you the, the memorial still for, up. By and the, the memorial still up. And for people who shop at that Target that Tina Tintor worked at, that's still very fresh. So while people outside the market are like, no big deal. Mistakes happen. Well, he's had multiple driving mistakes. Yeah. So, and yep. maybe he turns out to be Warren Sapp. And they look back on it and go, oh my God, and he's a completely cool citizen. Never gets in trouble again, but I don't think it's worth taking the risk. You need corners anyway. I don't. Well, I there's, don't. There's an edge rusher in Tyree Wilson who could be there. Oh, Find someone else. That would be. A, that would be. A, if, if you tell me the, the, the decisions down to Wilson or Carter, and I've been anti taking Jalen Carter all along, I'm taking Carter. Um, I, it, you do have like all these things are absolutely under consideration for sure, but you also do have games to win. And you, if you tell me it's Devin Witherspoon or Jalen Carter, I'm taking Witherspoon. It's C.J. Stroud or Jalen Carter, I'm taking C.J. Stroud. But if you tell me that Stroud, Young. Witherspoon, uh, Anderson are all gone. Even maybe Richardson's gone, and Jalen Carter sitting sitting there. And it's all right. We got. I mean, it maybe Paris Johnson's gone, and you got Jalen Carter. Or, like now, I'm trading down. I'm trying to trade down. But if I'm stuck with that pick, it'd be a real tough decision not to take Jalen Carter. Well, you know where I stand. I uh, today is National Pretzel Day. That's a segue, huh? National Pretzel Day. Suggesting that teams are going to be tied up in pretzel knots, thinking about to take them or not? We'll be shouting out a lot of our great clients, including PTs, where all the PTs locations with kitchens will offer up their pretzel bites, warm house-made beer cheese for just five bucks. Pretzel bites today on National Pretzel Day for just five bucks at 60-plus PTs around the Valley. That is good throughout today. This Wednesday. So, your mock draft, where did it get difficult for you? Because as I look through this, Levis to the Colts, interesting. Nolan Smith to the Falcons at eight. I'm not saying it's a head shaker. The Eagles at 10 is, again, a bit vexing for me because we've read a lot about the Eagles wanting to move up to potentially go after defense. Ooh, Christian Gonzalez all the way down to the Washington Commanders. Joey Porter available at 18, so the Lions take him. So what was the most difficult uh, difficult decision for you? <laughs> two. Two? Um, so at number two, instead of going with a quarterback because Bryce Young's not there, this high-rising stuff of the last couple weeks in the room reel, right? We had Sam Paniotovich on yesterday. He's got a boatload for Tyree Wilson to go really high in the draft, and you have him going to the Texans at number two. Yeah, and keep in mind, you know, when doing this, it was it was due yesterday at about eleven a.m. So um, this is you know a lot of things have changed. I think I would change a lot of what I did on the draft if it was twenty four hours later. But um, at the time, I think I changed the second pick not 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 twenty different players, but twenty different times. I switched as I went through the process. And when you change, and this is what I wrote about for tomorrow, when you change the number two pick, it changes the entire rest of the first round. So the, the number two, Houston controls the entire draft. What they do at two is going to dictate um, everything that happens the rest of the way. So 
That's, to me, the number one storyline of this draft. What does Houston do it to? I believe they should take C.J. Stroud, and I don't think there's much question about it. I think it's the easy decision. It's the right decision. They almost have to do it. I also, man, as many times as I just kept putting them in, I just kept feeling like there's enough out there to suggest they're not going to do it, that they're not going to make the right decision. And maybe they're even tanking for next year. Like There's a lot, there's a lot of moving pieces here. Now, if you don't go C.J. Stroud, you have to go Will Anderson. But for some reason, I think the Texans are going to make the wrong decision. Why do you think they love him so much? They 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 love the upside. They love the traits. He's also he's a a big dude at the position, which if you look at D'Amico Ryan's history and, and the guys that he succeeded with, that's what he tends to like. He's he's done really well with those types of players, and I think he fits what he wants uh, out of that position. So it just makes sense that they would go in that direction. I just don't think it's right. I don't think he's as much as he's got the tools and the the makeup and the the physical presence that they want, I don't think he's a good enough player, and I don't think he will reach that level, so I wouldn't do it. But I'm trying to kind of guess what teams are going to do, not what they should do. And so I think they're I think they're going to make a mistake, and I think they're going to go Tyree Wilson. Coming up, big football day in the uh, New Jersey, New York area, as Aaron Rodgers meets the fans, meets the media. Adam Hill will judge if he was fake or real. Cofield and Company will be right back. Keep it here on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. Aaron Rodgers meeting the New Jersey, New York media. Uh, He talked about it for about two minutes, different topics related. We'll play some of the other comments from Rodgers. Now a jet a little later in the show. Adam Hill, Steve Cofield, ESPN Las Vegas. We're live at the Battleborn Broadcast Center. So like I said, he spent about, eh, Probably 45 seconds on the media, said a couple of times, you know, looking forward to working with you guys, and then also talked about being excited about being in a uh, metro area like New York and New Jersey on the media part. Real? Fake? Was he kissing up? Uh, I guess my other question is, what else is he supposed to say? Yeah, I think that's the big one. I mean, he didn't have to bring it up at all. He he brought it up on his own. He wasn't asked, what do you think of the media? Um, no, they, you guys? He, they actually did ask him uh, what he, I guess it was more specifically what he thinks about, is he up to being in a, in a market this big? Was it, I mean, that part of it though, he would just, you know, he's like, Hey, I'm excited for meeting my teammates and all that. Uh, yeah. I mean, who knows with, with him anymore that, that seemed kind of a uh, sarcastic, I would say not real or fake. It's just, it's like, oh, I heard a lot about you guys. Let's see what you got kind of thing. So it was fake. Um, he never said, let's see what you got. I think you got to no, be real I, careful. I said, what he, let's what, see what in, you got kind in, of thing. And what he in what he said. No, I didn't I didn't say he said, let's see what you got. I'd say, let's see what you got kind of thing. Like, I've heard a lot about you guys. Looking forward to meeting you. Like, let's see what you got. I mean, I, I feel like that is kind of along those lines. He knows it's going to come. He knows the, you know, certain things are going to come and certain questions are going to come. And, you know, he's, I, I don't, I wouldn't say he's kissing up or trying to soften up or anything like that. He's, he's, you know, he's ready for it, he says. But it's way different. You're right. I mean, not only does Green 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 Bay is a very small town, and yet everybody from Milwaukee and other parts of the state cover them. And there's obviously national media that cover what they're doing. But on a day to day basis, there's not many people there. I mean, I've been up there for a practice. There's not many people in the locker room covering the practice. Estimate uh, Packers versus Raiders, like on a daily basis of practice, and then um, post practice media. I think in Green Bay, there's. I mean, it depends. Like, uh, like on a Friday, I think there's more because some of the people come up from Milwaukee. 
uh, to do like the weekend story, but like what, on a, like 10, on a Wednesday, 10, Thursday, ten on a Wednesday in Green Bay, as opposed to like thirty in the room for the Raiders, even less than like twenty here. I'd say there's like double okay. here than there. Okay, all right, but in, in Vegas isn't a huge media market either. Yeah, it'll it'll be an interesting relationship. I mean, I would my advice to Rogers would be refrain from trying to punch down because that's what it is. I'm part of the media, but why would you bother? giving us what we need, giving us the red meat, especially, you know, the folks in New Jersey and New York where they're going to any, anything, you know, short of like 14 and three, you can find something negative because as you win, then the bar gets raised higher and higher. So you come out of the gates, Hey, maybe they go 10 and seven. That's the expectation. Nine and eight, 10 and seven. Then you come out of the gates and it looks like, yeah, oh, maybe this team can win 13 or 14 games. And you go into a slide and it's like, Hey, they're not going to win 13 or 14 games. Like, wait, that wasn't the, the standard that was set at the you know before the season. Now you raise the bar, so there's always going to be an angle to try to you know get into Rodgers. Like, hey, he's not as good as we heard he was. We'll also point out just so people know how the media works in terms of the NFL. Um, certain guys are designated podium guys, quote unquote. So they don't speak every day. They don't. It's not like you know when you see these throngs of people around a locker. It, it doesn't happen for quarterbacks. Like Aaron Rodgers will do one presser a week, like probably a Wednesday. And then after what the game on Sunday, Car did Wednesdays and game Wednesdays days? and Sundays. Yeah. Um, and Devontae Adams does Wednesdays and Sundays. And and Max Crosby didn't do it regularly, but um, he basically had one day a week that he would speak in the in the locker room. Um, there's other guys that just hang out at the locker and you can talk to them anytime. And look, you can talk to guys like you know you would you would have conversations with Derek and Devontae pretty much every day. Just hey, you know how's it going, kind of thing. But on the record, it's one you know, one day a week on the on stage on the podium on camera one day a week that you're, that you're on the record. So it's not like every day is going to be berated with questions. Looking forward to uh, hearing this a Wednesday show that's today over on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, flip over in just a little bit if you want to hear all the great hockey talk leading up to a Golden Knights game coming up tomorrow night. We're going to talk to Darren Millard in less than 10 minutes, but uh, Darren will be on the show and uh, RTHG, Ryan the Hockey Guy, is going to be out at Oyo in the Underground Lounge. Take advantage of a great menu there. Man, I was just looking at their menu. Uh, this sounds uh, very desserty and sweet. Okay. Uh, Frosted Flakes Chicken and Waffle Cones. Ooh. What? Also, The Beast, a uh, gigantic burger with uh, barbecue brisket, gorgonzola cheese. So, great menu at the Underground Lounge. They'll have prizes out there. I know uh, Ryan the Hockey Guy will be on the scene. That show goes down from 4 until... Six o'clock. Does Rogers need to back to Aaron Rodgers for a second? Does he need to sort of? He's not. He wasn't a Midwest guy, and no. you know he won enough that he won over the hearts of Midwesterners. Um, he's a California guy, so if you want to say that Californians sometimes, especially Northern Californians, are a little bit you know kind of granola, a little bit aloof. Does he need to go out of his way to ingratiate himself with uh, hey over there, that guy no. in New Jersey, New York? Don't no. even bother because you, you you can't do it. He's he's there for a year, like maybe hey, two. Hey, my favorite pizza place, and then they get him on camera with a fork and knife. Like, oh no! Yeah, if, if, come on, Rogers. If Rogers was twenty five, yes, yeah. he would probably have to do that. He's there. He's a rental there for a year, maybe two max. And by the way, like if if yeah, it would help him if they were as you suggested, like ten and seven, yeah. fighting for a playoff berth. Like they might be a little more cool like hey he's one of us now like but no it's, you, it's not uh, gonna matter i'll have to play this tomorrow because I'm, I'm only interested in it but i wanted to mention to you you've been to new jersey and new york uh nfl network had a list i guess i didn't know Pete traeger is actually from kind of the same area as as i am he's from freehold new jersey 
And so they made a list of different things he needed to, to have playing in New Jersey because that's where the Jets are, right? And they mentioned basically like pick a diner, pick your, pick your diner, you know, have your favorite diner, um, and then make sure you hit North Jersey places like DJ's in Belmar, Bar A, and also Federici's in Freehold. I was like, wait a second. It's a weird state. We've had this argument many times. Those are actually not North Jersey right. places. They're in the area I grew up in, which there is a central Jersey. Is that a diss towards the uh, North Jersey, the more crowded area? More of the, hey, over there, that kind of area where they couldn't even name any places on NFL Network that he could hang out at. By the way, it would take at least an hour to go to any of those places I just named. He's not going to the Jersey Shore to hang out. And especially with the jabronis who hang out at those places. That's might, not, that is not his style. Well, Trust he's a, me. He's a beach guy. So maybe he goes and hangs down at the shore. The shore. He might buy the house that they film Jersey Shore. I think it's too small. Oh, he's, it's, that's only a, for, it's only for a little bit of time. That's actually a good question. Where I assume he will live uh, somewhere 5 to 10 miles, 5 to 15 miles west of New York City. He's not going – someone was alleging that he's going to live down at in those areas that I just mentioned. I don't think he's going to live that far down. He will He will get a place in, in, in like Jerry, Seinf Jerry Seinfeld area, Chris Rock. Those guys live up, I don't know exactly where they live, but like Alpine, which is across from New York, actually north of New York and across the Hudson. I think Seaside. He's, go not, to, he's not living in Seaside. He's, he's not doing the Jersey. Jenkinsons he's not doing the Jersey the Shore experience. He's a beach guy. Point Pleasant. I don't, I don't see it happening. I do. I don't see it happening. Darren Millard is back in town. You don't know Jersey. We'll like get that. into the Vegas Golden Knights coming up big in the peg. Man, some spirited play, especially from uh, Wild Bill and my favorite guy, Chandler Stevenson. Keep it locked right here. Cofield and Company will return in minutes on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, rolling on. Darren Millard. Well, we're not in studio. I'm sure Darren was really looking forward to seeing us today. We're actually at the Battleborn Broadcast Center. Adam Hill is here. Darren, of course, from AT&T Sportsnet. Uh, does everything for the Vegas Golden Knights. Does his Chirp podcast. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Uh, you guys uh, seem to be rocking and rolling over there. And uh, Ari and I are owning this place. Really? What does that even you mean? Order what, pizza. What, oh no! Like, there's life? there's three pizza boxes on his set. I, I believe it. I and believe I have it. five and two super big gulps of mine. Are you aware of the uh, the previous pizza stories with our show? No. Are you guys? You just brought that up randomly, yeah. Adam. You want to explain? There's multiple. I mean, we did used to have uh, somebody back in the studio that would just order pizzas and have a great time. On the days we weren't there. The Clay, we Clay were. Baker ran the show, and he got a pizza every time we weren't there. Seriously. I was like, all right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was celebration time. Oh, yeah. I love that. Well, yeah, there's, also, there's also famous stories of uh, you know different various you know friends and sponsors around town sending uh, us pizzas and us not being able to eat because we're on the air, and then people who weren't even at work coming into the studio to then eat our pizza before the show was over. The now, I have co-workers who would be all over that <laughs> i i can think of them probably four of them right off the top of my head yeah lawless, uh, lawless for sure lawless yeah. twice. Oh, is that right lawless well he would Ooh, lawless but... would leave and then come back and grab the leftovers by the way i i probably shouldn't go off on this tangent but i will because i think you like these i'm watching i think it was two games ago uh vgk with my uh, lady friend the significant mm -hmm. other and she looked up and she saw, uh, saw lawless and I'll just I'll tell you right now I'm colorblind so I don't know what color the the suit was was he wearing some sort of like bluish suit or purple or something Yeah it was like robin's egg blue And she was she <laughs> she looks at him and she's like I don't know about that guy 
wow. just based on a suit. Just based on the suit. Well, I mean, he, uh, I think I think she had an affinity for him because he's a fellow big guy. Hmm. But then the suit took him down a little bit. But I think she came out of a mostly a positive impression. Glad you added the entity part of it because I wasn't sure where you were going when you said she had an F. Um, yeah. So I was <laughs> yeah. Like, Whoa, yeah, yeah, Whoa yeah. that's that's uh, very public <laughs> with, with sure. a guy. That's a cool so, thing to bring uh, up mid game. So tell him people are looking at the suit. I'm sure he wears those suits because he knows. Oh, it was brand looking. new. It was it was brand new. You got two new oh, ones nice. for the playoffs. It was, the first one was, I quote, cranberry, and the oh, second wow. one I dubbed Robin's Egg Blue. Now okay. I think the Robin's Egg Blue was a little brave considering they were playing a team yeah. from Winnipeg that's predominantly yeah, yeah. blue, but Gary's much more strong-willed than I am. Yes. Um, he's also very brave because uh, as a fellow big fella, um, I am pretty much afraid of wearing anything that uh, doesn't kind of shadow my physique and lighter color, like yellow. I've got a lot of yellow. Yellow hasn't been worn in about 10 years. I, mean, I don't see yellow being a great look. Like that draws attention no. to you more than yes. anything. But what's wrong okay, with a well, good I solid beige or black? Okay. Yeah, I can I can go with that. I, well, I can go with that. Lawless in general has he been tough to deal with. I mean, he's a celebrity in Winnipeg. So Oh, that's right. No, no, hold, hold, let's can we just end this right now? <laughs> the guy worked there for eighteen years. All right? Sure. He hung out in Winnipeg. He's not from Winnipeg. He does not call Winnipeg home. He didn't grow up there, doesn't have those stories. He stopped there on the arc of his career. So the idea of you referencing him being anything to Winnipeg is insulting to a a born and bred Manitoban. And I told Gary this the other day. Well, last time I was in Winnipeg, I had the Gary Lawless sandwich. I didn't have the Darren Millard sandwich. You know who created the Gary Lawless sandwich? Gary Lawless. Exactly. (laughs) That's what I heard. Wrote it on the board. Everything. Yeah. (laughs) If you want, I can tell you what's in my sandwich, too, and you can have that. Oh, what's in that? Peanut butter and jelly. Oh, I'm pretty solid. basic. It's a, good, it's a good choice. I actually had that like like 45 minutes ago because somebody at my house ate all the turkey. <laughs> oh, no. We got Not home sour. complaints now. Darren Millard's with yeah. us. All right. All right. Um, 3-1 series lead. Who's been the best player in the series for the Golden Knights? That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, I think that there's a lot of nominees. Uh, we were talking about it yesterday on the on the flight home, uh, just regarding uh, some some big performances that we've seen. And uh, I my reply back was: there's not a line on the team up front. There's not a defense pairing and the goaltender uh, thrown in there that doesn't feel good about their performance through the first four games of this series they've continually got better now Chandler Stevenson's got six points has been very active Ivan Barbashev played a great game in, in game number four uh, Barbashev uh, was as noticeable as we've seen uh, throughout this series and and he might be on the bubble uh, going into tomorrow night if Will Carrier can play in, in game number five so that gives you an idea of just uh, where everybody is as far as uh, as putting the puck in that Jack Eichel's been great Mark Stone's had a couple of impact games uh brett howden's been awesome uh, alex petrangelo had uh, had a moment in game two that helped turn around the uh, turn around the series so uh, i've been really impressed by by wall to wall so i i honestly if you had to pick an mvp for the vegas golden knights it would swing on the clinching game okay my choices are uh, stevenson mm-hmm. then 
Wild Bill, and then Petra Angelo. I don't think either one of them are wrong. If I was going to go in that order, probably go Bill because it's been coast-to-coast uh, coast in the series through the first uh, four games. He's been he's been really good and and generated a lot. Uh, but Chandler Stevenson and, uh, and carrying over what was a really solid final four or five games of the regular season and then being back with Mark Stone and progressing and, and – I mean, Alex Petrangelo, uh, what he does has done emotionally in this series has been impactful. But if you, limiting it to three is is difficult. Yeah. Can can I throw a wild card in? Because I wouldn't say he's been the best player, but I mean, there was the weight of the world on the Rumpus walk coming yeah. into the series. You didn't even and wait for me been, to answer that. You just said, yeah, "Can I throw? Been, he's can I throw a wild card in?" And then you just did it. Why do you even? You're it. like my kids. I'm like, why do you even ask me if you're just going to go get permission from mom? I knew your answer was going to be yes. But no, I no, agree I mean, with Persuas. Like, no, yeah, no. Like, he's been good. He has been unbelievable. He hasn't been like out of this world. But he, the, all the weight was on him. Can he be enough for the Golden Knights? And he has. I think he's answered the bell. Well, here, look at the the dialed in stats, the advanced analytics, and he is playing up to what he's supposed to be doing in the sense of stopping all the pucks, saved above expectation, right around perfect uh, number to that. He's not way over. He's not outperforming himself, but he's not uh, a guy that's uh, letting in a couple of uh, shots that, that he should be stopping. Uh, I've been really impressed. The composure part of it, uh, Adam, has been uh, exemplary to me. It's something in that environment, and he witnessed it from the other bench uh, a little bit uh, in, in that city. But being on the other bench and being the visiting goaltender, being taunted by the fans, uh, watching that place explode in the third period in Game 3, watching uh, Winnipeg get a little closer in Game 4 and not buckling or changing his game, getting hyper uh, extra movements. Uh, the the composure of Lauren Brassois, uh is something that I think we would all admire or uh, look to do. Uh, there's no way I could keep my head that cool, uh, and it's it's something that I, that I do appreciate. So, series over. That's a good question. It you've you've taken two of their best players, and I don't know about Shifley, but I'm going to until I'm told otherwise. I'm assuming he's out. Uh, normally you assume he's in, but the way he left uh, after crashing into the boards, it, it was catastrophic. Like he was in so much pain. Uh, and Josh Morrissey, that's really difficult to come back from when you've got a hill to climb. It's not. If it was Game Seven, I would say uh, it's it's a toss up. But when you've got that much ground to cover just to advance, and you're without these guys, that's deflating. Uh, so I, I think the first goal does hold extra significance. And it, it hasn't really played a part in the series. Vegas has allowed the first goal in three of the first four games, and they're up 3-1. Uh, but if Vegas can somehow get the advantage tomorrow night and, as Bruce Cassidy calls it, break their will, uh, I, I think it could be a pretty enjoyable clinching night at, uh, at T-Mobile Arena. But if you don't get that first goal, the longer they stick around, and, and Connor Hellebuck plays, like there's a guy, stats say he's okay, but he hasn't come close to stealing a game in this series uh, through the first four. And they definitely need him to be uh, the Connor Hellebuck that we talked about at the start of the series. 
how important is it to just close it out and get it done and not oh my have to goodness. go back there? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like not just uh, avoiding the flight up and playing an extra game where you don't know what could happen from an injury perspective or it being further uh, extended in in the series to a to a decisive game, but you might get a, a weekend off. It, you would get a weekend off in Vegas, a chance to uh, take a step back uh, for a couple of days, practice time, uh, prep time for your next opponent. The, the coaching staff would have extra time uh, to do those pre-scouts. It, it, it is an advantage that, that really you, you can't describe enough because it's so huge. Guys could, could play a couple of rounds of golf if they wanted to but and just get away. These new dads could all have some extra time uh, with, with family uh, that's in town or with their, with their wife and, and, and children. Like, there's so many benefits to it. Uh, uh, it's, it's impossible to, to overstate what that would mean. I want to remind everyone, uh, don't forget about Game 6 on Saturday, uh, tentatively planned at Buffalo Wild Wings. That's where uh, pre-post and intermission will be with Ryan the Hockey Guy on the VGK Radio Network. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but uh, just wanted to mention that Eastern and St. Rose Buffalo Wild Wings could be hosting the game six pre-post and intermission. Yeah. I, I and, love uh, Buffalo Wild Wing, but I hope that we're not there. <laughs> there you go. Uh, oh! they'll be, they'll I'll be, be in Winnipeg. I, I, get your, I, I get your point. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to be here anyway. So More time down the road anyway. Uh, I know the team can't say it, but it sucks for everyone that the Kings couldn't close out the Oilers, right? Yeah, but there's part of me that thinks the Kings might be a more difficult opposition. Stop. I, I know they've got those two best players, but I watch the Oilers, and one minute I'm thinking – I don't want to face that team. The next minute, I'm like, oh, bring that team on. They're easy to score against. <laughs> then, and I don't want to face that team. It goes back and forth uh, all the time. We're going to have Bruce Cassidy on our program uh, over at uh, Fox Sports Las Vegas at about 4.15. Yep, 18 minutes away. So yep. uh, flip over to 1340 and 98.9 FM what, right now. With these pizza boxes. Enjoy.